of the year. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite. <clears throat> Not because we are taking the day to uh, do things that would please our flesh, but because we realize the importance of what we're commemorating, what we are remembering on this day. Amen. The fact that we have life. Mm -hmm. Now, what will a man give for his life? Yeah. Frankly, we had nothing that we could give. That's right. What can a dead person give mm -hmm. to obtain life? And we were once dead yeah. in trespasses and sins. Amen. But praise God, mm -hmm. the promise mm -hmm. that he made in the garden of the seed that should come mm -hmm. and bruise the serpent's head has been fulfilled so that we have a more sure word of prophecy. Right. The things that we remember today have been fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the things that are yet to come, we know the surety of them. Because what could be a greater uh, exposition or a greater show of power than life from the dead. Mm -hmm. In this, he has proven himself to be the creator of all things, the only giver of life, mm -hmm. and powerful over everything that would oppose us. Yeah. You know, whenever uh, the scriptures talk about <clears throat> who, who, shall separate us from the love of God. And then it goes on to enumerate the things that can't. Powers and principalities and life and death and things present and things to come. It doesn't make any difference what category. There is no category of power that doesn't receive. It's a second-hand power to everybody else. God himself is the source of all power. Amen. And all authority to wield that power belongs to him. It's not a matter of might makes right. God is righteous. That's why it's right, is because God is righteous. And it happens because God is omnipotent. Amen. Now, what we're going to discuss this morning comes from uh, the 12th chapter of, of John, the 11th and the 12th, actually. Jesus has just recently raised Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. And uh, soon after that, that, this really upset mm -hmm. the religious authorities. I mean, Jesus had done other miracles, mm -hmm. but Lazarus raising from the dead seemed to provoke more inquiry, yeah. more interest. And we're coming up on the Passover. So we're going to have a gathering of the people together into Jerusalem. As I said, we're going to start in verse 46. I'm going to read the text and then we're going to go back and we're going to discuss some things out of it. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this he spake not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. <clears throat> now we're going to stop in that, that section, and then we're going to pick it up in uh, chapter 12. Because Jesus, he, um, he, he sequestered himself 
during a period of time up until right before the Passover. And then it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me you have not always. Now, God began in the very beginning when sin was first introduced and gave a promise of what he was going to do. So there is no time during the entire history of man since sin came into the earth where there has not been a reference to something God was going to do. He didn't just throw it out and say, okay, you made the mess, you deal with it. Then we're going to go back to this, this high priest here. He said, Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, now listen what he says, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. Those words, unwittingly to Caiaphas, were given to him to prophesy about what was about to happen. Now, why was it important that this be included? Because Caiaphas was the high priest that year. He was the ordained oracle of God to the people. He was the voice of God to the people. And so when he said that, he meant one thing, but God intended another. And God would have his interpretation of the saying exhibited very, very shortly. But so you have there now, uh, against the knowledge and will of man, a testimony to what the death of Christ was going to do. It was going to deliver the people. Remember it says, once you weren't a people, that meant you, there were people who were not, they were, we're people to each other. But it's important we got to be people to God. Mm-hmm. We have to be his people. Yeah, that's right. So the nation of Israel once was, were the people. But now we are included in that. Remember he said also mm-hmm. that those that were not a people shall be called my people. Mm-hmm. Amen. <clears throat> but then it goes on here. God God uh, gives further interpretation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Jesus told his disciples, I have sheep that are not of this fold. I know my sheep, and they hear my voice. When Jesus died, it opened up the ears of men to hear the voice of God. Let's see, 53. Okay, then I want to go to to Isaiah 53. Because, and this this is read a lot. It really is. But I'm afraid 
I was thinking about this the other day. I'm afraid it moves too easily into the area of things we know, but not things we love. Now, I'm not talking to people anywhere that know that they really love the, the Word of God. You know, you love it whenever you, you dwell upon it, when you don't get tired of hearing it. When you, when you look at it and you go, I, there's got to be more in here than what I'm getting. I want it. So that's how we want to come to the scriptures, always hungry for a more thorough and broader knowledge of what God is telling us. In, in chapter 53, and we are going to read it. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now that's talking about he wasn't like Solomon, who was renowned for his handsomeness. And the, his hair was mentioned because he had to pull it every year. He had to thin it out which was evidently very desirable at that time, too. People would look at Solomon and go, oh, he must be a, a wonderful person. It was easy to like Solomon. He was handsome. He had a comeliness. Jesus didn't come like that. He, now, he, he, there were, because of what was required of the high priest, we know he had no deformity. There was no blemish in him. And he, he probably just looked like an average person, you know, not ugly, not beautiful, average. <laughs> because he came to draw attention to the Father. His sonship <clears throat> had more to do with how much he appeared to be like God than how he appeared to be like men. He is despised. And rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. In John it says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now when you say despise, there were some who openly despised Jesus, but those that turned away from him despised him because they rejected the message that he brought. If you rejected what he said, you rejected him, and it's the same today. Those that reject what Jesus has said and what he has given to his apostles and prophets to expound have rejected the one that sent them. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Remember they said, you saved others, save yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they accused him of being from the devil, too. Yes, wow. yes. You do these things by Beelzebub. That's right. yeah. And that's whenever he warned them. Mm -hmm. He said, if I do these things by Beelzebub, by whom do your children cast out devils? And then he rebuked them soundly for that. He warned them about blaspheming the spirit. And th that, th that cannot be overstated. You don't, you don't want to be in that category at any cost. Yeah. But when they saw him on the cross, they didn't... It, it, afterwards, you know, like the centurion, he saw it. He said, surely this was the son of God. And there were those that already believed on him that stood for a while. But when he was smitten, the flock scattered, just as it was recorded that they would. Not, not because that's what they had planned on doing, but at the time they didn't have the Spirit of God. And here was Jesus who they had relied upon, trusted in. He was the one that 
he wasn't just their leader, he was their protector, He yeah. everything. Amen. And whenever he was smitten, yeah. it, uh, well, it scattered them. Amen. Yeah, his, it, that word grief, that's the same word for sickness and disease. He, when he came, he took he took our illnesses, what, the things that were that were because of, it actually were a result of sin. That's right. But he took it upon himself even before the cross. Mm-hmm. He was taking upon us our griefs, our diseases, things we could do nothing, nothing about. Jesus bore them for us. Amen. Um, you know, there was one sacrifice under the law that made whoever touched it mm-hmm. clean. The others, uh-huh. if you something unclean touched it, mm-hmm. you made it unclean. Right. But right. there was one mm-hmm. that would cleanse the one. That's right. That that was that was a, a type of Jesus. The woman said, "If I could just touch the hem of his garment, uh-huh. I'll be healed." Yes. He yes. bore her grief. That's right. Whenever the blind men called out, uh-huh. and he healed them. He, see, he could take these things into himself, right. remove them. That's how he did it. It's very yeah. personal. That's he right. took it into himself, but he didn't become sick. That's right. He didn't become infirm. Mm-hmm. He had power to take it and, you know, it, it just didn't exist anymore. It couldn't exist in him, but he could take it from us and bear that grief. Brother David? Um, Matthew, in Matthew 8 uh, quotes that from Isaiah 53. Uh-huh. Matthew eight seventeen, when Jesus was healing all the people, he said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, yeah. saying, right. he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So yeah. there's both aspects of sin being removed mm-hmm. and the effects of sin. Yes. Amen. Or the consequences of sin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there is a doctrine that said, that by his stripes we are healed, that those mm-hmm. were the stripes that the Romans mm. put on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. He, his atonement ratified everything he did yeah. whenever he was in the days of his flesh. But he did not, he, they didn't get healed at the point he was, he was, uh, it was brutal. It was mm-hmm. brutal. Uh, but whenever they were lashing him, that's all the people that he talked to. It's not like that. That's when they got their healing. Hmm. They got their healing when they came in contact with Jesus. That's right. Amen. Yep. And it's uh, born our sorrows. What what sorrows? Is it just because of the things of this life that that make us sad? You know, I had a dog I really loved, and I was really sad when he was gone, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about sorrows for sin, people who bore their guilt. Mm -hmm. They had nowhere, nowhere to relieve themselves of this guilt, and they they wanted to be clean before God. And so this was a this was a sorrow to them. Sorrow leads to repentance. That's uh, right. Because you seek a remedy for that mm-hmm. sorrow. Right. And so he was providing the remedy for That's that right. sorrow. Amen. And all of the things connected with that That's sorrow. Right. That's right. You know, the, 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 the anguish that a person feels when they when they don't see a remedy for something is you, you can't calculate that with words. I mean, it's, it, it's not just an emotion. It actually has an impact on your whole person. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't do anything about it. The sin's already been committed, or and, and what, what are you going to do? You, you, can, you could do a sacrifice, and now you go home with even a greater remembrance that I'm, I'm not, I haven't done what the Lord had commanded me to do. But see, when Jesus... When, when, when he, like what the, the woman that was caught in, in the act of adultery, she, she, that anguish was taken away by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this was even before he died. You can see how he, he entered, he showed he was the great physician. Mm-hmm. He was the healer, not only of sickness and disease, but of uh, men call it today psychological. He, he could make the whole person whole. Mm-hmm. Amen. The, the gospel is tailored for sinners, but 
not sinners who like love and prefer sinning. Oh, that's, that's right. It, 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 there's a there. A person has to be put in a position where they despise the fact that they're like the like the tax collector who smote his breast and said, "Lord, God, have mercy on me, a sinner." Yeah. He did. He he saw the the wretchedness of himself. Yeah. And he and it's like that's why all these these uh. Uh, the woman, uh, the street harlot, came in, into the place where Jesus was and right was, weep, house, was yeah. weeping and, and, and wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. Yeah. Their tears, bathing. That, that, that's this godly sorrow. That's this, mm-hmm. this identification that the Holy Spirit's done a work in that person to convict them of their sin. And they, mm-hmm. then they're looking for a way out. See, the gospel reaches out to people like that. Yes. It doesn't yeah. reach out to people who are complacent. And their sin and 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 loving their wicked wickedness. Yeah. Jesus said, I, "I didn't come to save the righteous. I came to save the uh, sinners." That's right. And it, both in the the occasion of the publican and the the Pharisee, it was extolling himself before the Lord, uh, and with the woman that came in and washed his feet, he. He reproved yes. both of both of those that thought they were righteous, because their righteousness was, if they had any, it was the righteousness of the law, yeah. not the righteousness of God. And there is a difference. Yeah, that's right. Even yeah. though the law is good and just and holy, it does not make a man good and just and holy. It exposes in ourselves yes. how we're not. So we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Yes. They actually, they, they said, well, let, let God yeah. save him yeah. if he'll have him. See, they were, they were accusing Jesus of being guilty of lying about his profession of being the son of God. Uh-huh. They thought that God was rebuking Jesus. Mm-hmm. They thought that God was... Not on Jesus' side. Right. They stand stricken of God. Yeah. It's completely the opposite. And you know, you know, um, everybody in here, I'm sure, has had the experience sometime in their life where you have been misunderstood or falsely accused. Mm -hmm. Now, this was very public, and he was put to shame. But... You know what that does here on top of everything else that's going on. I mean, there was nothing that wasn't heaped on Jesus yeah. during this time. That's right. Uh, Sister Heather and then Sister, uh, sit, no, Brother Marty. I was searching for the right word there. They thought that he, Jesus, was offending God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like he was standing in our place. That's yes. right. And when it says he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, um, that's why he's he is the way, the truth, and the life. Because he has made a way um, mm-hmm. to take, he'll take yes. our sorrows because he has stood in our place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way. he is the way. Yes. Yeah, he he made a way in himself for us. It says, but even though this is what what people thought except for those that knew better. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. We would say pulverized, beaten. I mean, like I said, it was brutal. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He is the Savior. He is the administrator and the the giver of all of the things that we need now. We have sorrows. We have griefs. We have iniquities. We we deserve chastisements. He dealt with all of that. He dealt with all of it. And does that mean that if we we do wrong, that we're exempt from any kind of... uh, of punishment it says whom the Lord loves he chastens right. but not to destroy uh-huh. 
here for our peace, there had to have been a lot of chastisement. Uh-huh. And the Lord is the one that took it. That's right. Amen. Just so that we could have peace. Uh-huh. Yes. Amen. Peace with God. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It is iniquity mm-hmm. to turn from the Lord and to to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Now, God is very good. He has given us, we see this in the creation. God gave a lot of things that would bring joy mm-hmm. and uh you know, with the with the things that he made in the creation, you know, think how beautiful some things are. Think of how useful some things are. Everything in the garden was good. They just weren't supposed to take of the the fruit of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil. They only knew good at that time. So. And everything was for them. Everything cooperated with them. Everything worked the way it was supposed to work. Thorns and thistles weren't weren't uh, growing in the garden. That's right. So I and I think some of the things we have as pests now, maybe in the garden, were quite different. (laughs) They degenerated. That's just a personal. I, I bring that up because Ada, when she was little, one time asked me if there were going to be spaghettos in heaven. And I said, no. She says, how do you know? I says, nothing that offends will enter in. <laughs> but there, whatever is in heaven is going to be mm-hmm. at peace and harmony, and it will be beneficial and helpful. It's just however God does it, it's going to turn out all good. There's not going to be any bad there. But this... Uh, sheep are not intended to be wild animals. It's always bad for a sheep if they think they want to be a wild animal because they don't last very long. They're prey to anything else. So we make ourselves a prey to the devil when we turn away from the Lord. And he will take every advantage of it. All of us were held in his prison house at one time. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, there was a king or a ruler, and he was condemned for not letting his prisoners go. Yeah. And that's a type of Satan. He he had to be it had to be wrested from him. Jesus had to take it. He had to spoil the strong man. And spoil his, his, uh, whenever he's, we were spoiled, take God's possession back and do it justly and do it in a, in a manner in which God would be able to receive his possession. We would be comely to him. So, <clears throat> but God laid that iniquity on him too. The fact that men had turned away from God. And of course, whenever we say that that Jesus has taken these things. He didn't just take them and then you start over again the way you were and try to do it better the second time. He changes us so that we are not what we were. We are completely removed from what we were. We don't do those things that that now we're ashamed of. We, We don't talk the way that maybe we talked. And when I say talk, I'm not talking about just vulgarity. I'm talking about faithless talk also. Talk that denies the Lord. We're saved from that too. We're going to go into the city and make a profit. And like how James says, he said, what we should say, if if the Lord wills, we'll do this or do that. If I live, if the Lord wills, then we live. which is also according to the will of God, because our life and times are in his hand. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Look at how many things you got to say here right. to really drill down about what Jesus was bearing. Mm-hmm. Yet he opened not his mouth, because if he had spoken a word, it would have been fast. Remember there in the garden, he said, 
Don't you know that I could have asked my father and he would have sent 72 legions of angels? Of course, now you realize he was the creator of those angels. His word, everything is held together by the word of his power. They wouldn't exist any more than we would exist if it wasn't the will of God. Yet, it says he is, uh, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He wasn't there to defend himself. He wasn't there to protect himself. He was there to, to fulfill the commission that he had received of his father to lay his life down and to take it up again. And then all the ramifications of that. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. So <clears throat> that, that one about uh, with uh, transgression made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. It, it, there was an, an association. They, they called him, they, they accused him of being a wicked person. And so they, that, um, he was going to have a witness that that was not the truth. But they were, they were casting every aspersion possible. When I say they, in a sense, that, that comes forward to anyone today that has the same attitude. Remember whenever Jesus told the, the uh, scribes and Pharisees that they were guilty of the blood from Adam, uh, not Adam, from just Abel to Zacharias, mm -hmm. who they slew at the horns of the altar. Yeah. All that blood, because it testified, and and they they didn't receive it. He says, "Your your children killed the prophets, mm -hmm. and you do likewise." Yeah. So we haven't killed anybody, yeah. They're, they had the same heart. It's the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Amen. Yes. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. All right, who shall declare his generation? God's declaring his generation. His, his seed, the, those that are, are born again, we're the seed, like unto Abraham. We're seeds as many. He is the seed as one. But it talks about the spirit being in us, us being born of God. Of, of his seed. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Now, until he poured out his own soul, he was, I mean, God is uh, there in, in, uh, in Luke, when the angels came to the shepherds, they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, some versions butcher that up and say, and peace to men of goodwill. No. God's goodwill was being demonstrated in the birth of Christ. It was a pronouncement of good things to come to us. And <clears throat> so whenever 
we, we talk about his soul being poured out for these things. This is, this is a, a demonstration of the goodwill of God to men that we would be able to uh, take hold of a, a savior. Yes. He yeah. provided us a savior. And look at all the things we've been saved from. We've been saved from ourselves. We've been saved from the fear of death. We've been saved to God. We've been saved to an inheritance. I mean, we could go through a lot of things that our, our redemption uh, entails. So whenever, whenever it says it pleased the Lord, it meant that his good pleasure according to his will was being accomplished. God doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. God's not happy when, when the wicked go to the grave wicked. His good pleasure is that men should come to him right. by Christ. So it pleased the Father to do that. It's not like being happy about it. It's being pleased that this is being accomplished. He was he was pleased with his son. And and his work was it was pleased in the in the um, sense that it was being done completely and perfectly. Nothing was wanting, so God could be pleased and He could be satisfied. Brother Marty, said, yeah, He was satisfied in what He was doing in the Lord and what what Jesus had done for Him in His obedience. Mm-hmm. Right, the Lord was satisfied. Amen. God, uh, He took away. From the presence of God, whenever he took away sin, the the stench, the um, it, the obnoxious, obnoxiousness. Uh-huh. Now, sin is still sin. Right. God still hates sin. Sinners are still going to be punished. Yes. But Jesus cleansed things in heaven and earth yes. so that, that God doesn't doesn't have to like turn away or destroy us he took that part away so that all men all men have the have the option Mm -hmm. of hearing the word of god Mm -hmm. now they some will reject and some will accept but the hearing is available they uh, the proclamation of it hearing comes by the word of god and that it, God has to give the word, and He enables a person. I don't know what the I don't know what the mechanism is. I really don't, and I really don't have any need to inquire. But God has something that He sees that that causes Him to open the ears of some and close the ears of others. The, the things that are revealed belong to us, but the things that are mysteries yes. belong to the Lord. So yes. things he has not told us about, mm-hmm. we don't need to be inquiring. We're going to get that as wrong as we got everything else if we're doing it just on our own. We do know he's not unto those with a broken heart and contrite spirit. Yes. But now with, uh, the scriptures talk about somebody being given repentance. Yeah. And that Jesus is the author and finisher, excuse me, of our faith. So their salvation is of the Lord. Nobody does it apart from something that it sources from God himself. But some of those things are mysterious. And in the judgment, things will be revealed. God will be glorified. We we will see the sense of it. And we'll be giving praise to God for amen. his wisdom and his goodness yes, and giving glory to him. You know, that, uh, that word that he uses there, that, um, that put to grief, that God would, would, would put him to grief. That in verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise, bruise him. He hath put him to grief. That's a different word than what earlier says he, 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 he took upon our griefs. It's a different word. It means that God made him to taste 
Uh, see, he didn't die for his own sin. Mm -mm. And so how could he, he died for our sin, but God just, just laid him on and it had no effect on him personally. Oh, no. He, no, he tasted death. That's right. He would taste the, of the separation that was due all of us. He would put Jesus to grief. Why? So he could be a faithful high priest and things pertaining to God. He would, he would know our condition, mm -hmm. not just in theory, in experiential. He would die for what our sin, mm -hmm. uh, the alienation. He would, he would know what it was like. Mm -hmm. and, and so now then he could be a faithful and merciful high priest. He could, he could uh, when a person come to him that was grief-stricken because of a sin, Jesus could identify with that, and he could give the remedy. Now, now that's, see, this is what it took for, for us to be saved. We had to have this one in heaven that could identify with us, and, um, well, only Jesus can do it. He's yeah, the only one. That's what we're talking about here when he says, uh -huh. uh, By his knowledge yes. shall my righteous servant justify yes. many, for he yes. shall bear their iniquities. Yes. When he tasted death for every man, mm -hmm. that that you're right, that was experiencing death and its ramifications. Yes. So that Jesus, he knows. Now, when he was in the days of his flesh, he knew what was in man. Mm -hmm. But there, there is nothing outside of Christ left undone. Amen. That's right. Everything, everything was addressed mm -hmm. at this time. This salvation is a big salvation. Amen. It has multitudes of uh, of nuances and mm -hmm. and uh, details that have to be taken care of because it had to justify God. Amen. His the salvation that Jesus accomplished when it was all said and done had to fulfill the purpose of God and justify God in doing that purpose. Amen. Now, uh, whenever it talks about sheep, Jesus talked about sheep and shepherds too. In John 10, verses 15 and 16, he says, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Remember in Colossians, it talks about Jesus is bringing everything into one. Yes, yes. He's unifying things that were, were disrupted and segmented. And mm -hmm. uh, God hates division. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, I want to go back and I love whenever you find references in scripture that just kind of have a hint. When you read them by themselves in Scripture, you're going, I don't know why that was in there yet. But then you read something over in the uh, epistles and the Gospels that you go, oh, that, that's neat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whenever it, uh, it in John, whenever, uh, well, Let's just go to that right now. We're going to go to John 12. Well, there in the third verse, when it said, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet with, of the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Mm -hmm. Song of Solomon says, because of the savor of your good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Mm -hmm. So he, even back then, in Song of Solomon is talking about this comeliness. Mm -hmm. But he, the goodness of Jesus mm -hmm. was as an, his name is as an ointment poured forth. Amen. Very pleasant, mm -hmm. very, very healthful, very costly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And then whenever Jesus was on the cross, we talked about uh, the, the things that men cast at him, the treatment that Jesus received. Talk about harsh. That's not, a good, that's not even a good word. It's, it, it was more than harsh. It was 
it was uh, vicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was hateful. Yeah. And it was very, very strong, like to destroy, to consume, to get mm -hmm. rid of. Mm -hmm. So, but um, <clears throat> in John 1 and 12, or Job 1 and 12, we have a, we, we kind of see the nature of Satan here and what was exhibited at the at the cross it says and the Lord said unto Satan behold all that he is is in thy power so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and what did he do there was I just did the first and last part of that verse uh, he he did everything God allowed him to do is what he did killed his children took away his cattle uh, took everything from him, his health, everything. Little aside here. He did not take his wife away. And I and people now people accuse her. I'm not sure in in the judgment we'll find out for sure which opinion is correct. There is an opinion that uh, she just it was hardness. Just just curse God and die. Another opinion is that maybe she had compassion on him and she saw his suffering and thought that if if he died, he at least would stop suffering. I don't know. A lot of things we're going to find out there. But the thing is, I wondered why he took his children and didn't take his wife. Well, the two were one flesh. And so Satan was not allowed to take Job and now this is just me mm -hmm. so he couldn't take his wife either because the two were one yeah. now this is what Job said this sheds some light on this compassion this is what Job said oh that thou wouldest hide me in the grave that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed you see Job was Job knew that see there was there was a comfort that would kill you in other words that all this was happening to him was in his body. It wasn't in his spirit. Job knew he hadn't sinned. Job knew he was righteous before the Lord, even though others didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. He knew it. And so he, he, he even said that, that, that it very well could be the remedy to this situation is that you you would hide me. He wasn't going right. to kill himself. And he wasn't going to curse God. He wasn't going to curse God and die. But see, he... He's, he knew this this could be very well what God's going to do. Hide me in the grave until this trouble's passed. But see, the, and, and this, his wife very well could have had the same perspective. See, that and, and, and you think about it, death is a repose. I mean, I mean see, it's not, a, it's not, we don't fear death anymore because we know absent from the body, we're going to be present with the Lord. See, Job had a taste of these things. He didn't see the fullness, but Job knew God. Yep. And so and later when God asked him a question, Job knew enough to put his hand over his mouth too. See, he was, he, in his generation, he was very wise. Yeah. Now, he did rebuke his wife for saying that. Yeah. As you speak as a, the foolish, <laughs> a foolish woman. That's right. He knew it was a foolish thing to curse God. To curse God, that's right. Uh, but it didn't say she just kept on him about it either. That's she right. evidently received that admonition or rebuke. And then it says, he also said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, yes, amen. and I shall s uh, stand before him, mm -hmm. and I shall see him, yes. not with another's eyes, but with my own eyes, yes. I will see him. So he did have that, that hope yes, beyond the grave. Yes, amen. What are, how are we doing on time? It's about oh, done, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to just wrap this up. Uh, one of the other things that Jesus endured as he was uh, satisfying the full debt of the totality of sin is that his own familiar, even though he said, I chose him and he was the devil from the beginning, but he was a familiar. He walked with Jesus. He ate with him. He, you know, he was one of the twelve. Amen. And in Psalm, mm -hmm. it says, Yea, 
my own familiar friend have yes. lifted his heel against me. Yes, so true. that was that was treachery. Yes. He he was betrayed. Mm -hmm. So as we look at now at this day, we look at the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But these things and others also mm -hmm. were necessary before the resurrection. Yeah. The resurrection uh, that's that's the bright, mm -hmm. the side that we glory in. But brethren, we glory in a Savior who was strong enough to do this. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's mighty to yes. deliver. That's right. And he is perfect in holiness and yeah. righteousness. Yes. He is a Savior to be desired, to be loved, to be obeyed all wisdom he, he he all wisdom he's made wisdom unto us yes. our complete salvation depends on him and this is some of what it took yes. for the whole world mm -hmm. to the whole world lieth in wickedness yes. and he died for our sins and not for ours only yes but for the sins of the whole world. Amen. So Amen. I'll go ahead and, okay. Uh, I wanted to make sure the live stream brother knew that we're going to start our morning, our morning service at 9.15. At just 15 minutes from now, I have a short break. And at 9.15, um, we'll, we'll begin our morning service. Uh, it, it's, it's online, but just to make sure that they, they're aware. Okay. That our morning service starts at 9.15. Okay. All right. Okay, brother. Thank you very much. Let's close in prayer. Mm -hmm. Our Holy Father in heaven, we thank you that thou art righteous. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that you are just. And we thank you, Father, that you have respect to the work of your hands. Yes. And that in Christ Jesus, mm -hmm. we have been created anew, a new creature yes. unto thee one made in your likeness because we are of your son. And now, Father, we pray that as we, we come to uh, especially remember the, the victory that Jesus wrought to thee and to those who believe in rising, to doing the commandment that you gave him and that by the operation of God, he was raised mm -hmm. from the dead. Yes. And that that same operation works in us to the same end, mm -hmm. that we should be altogether pleasing to thee. With men, this is impossible, mm -hmm. but with thee, all things are possible. So we're asking for this, Father, that you would be pleased with us, the believers throughout the earth that have this desire that you would be pleased with us and that you would give us grace and mercy and peace to that end. Mm -hmm. Now we thank you. We thank you for your son and we thank you for this day and for this, this food. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.